Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. But the lesson I want you to see here is that when you are disappointed and when you are continually facing disappointment, you need to focus on what you need to do about it. What can you do about it? Sure, there's a day or two where we can kind of feel sorry for ourselves and there's a couple days where we need to sort through the whys and the and the other questions that we have, but there inevitably comes that point at which you just need to say, what now? What can I possibly do about this situation? And that's why Joseph in that moment hadn't given up. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Throughout history, people have longed to understand what God's will is for their life. We often struggle with difficult questions and decisions related to our families, careers, our hopes and dreams, and our futures. Sometimes when faced with challenges and hardships in life, our faith can be tested and it becomes hard to understand what God wants us to do. Fortunately for us, the Bible offers many great lessons and encouragement to help us through these difficult times. One great example can be found in the life of Joseph. In this sermon series, we'll be examining the life of Joseph in the book of Genesis to uncover the main theme of God's faithfulness even when life doesn't go our way. Please enjoy the message. Psalm 145 says this, The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him. In truth, presence matters, especially if you're going through a challenging situation. Our family likes to walk through our neighborhood and look, through, look for wildlife. And, and where we live at, there's a good amount of it. So there's always deer to look at and bucks to see. Sometimes we'll see elk in the distance. We, we might even come across some turkeys. And there, there could even be bears around where we live at. One day, my wife and I were walking, and we noticed that there were some dogs barking and some people that were looking into this very uh, you know, tall, grassy area. And as we come up the road, we just look off to the side, and we see a bear's head pop up over top of the tall grass. And, and I'm looking at this, and this is the first time I've ever seen a bear. And I look over there, and I see the bear. He's looking at me. It was like seeing a celebrity, you know, except he, he could eat me. And so I'm, I'm looking at this bear, and he's looking at us, and we just kind of keep walking, walking, walking along. And as we're walking along, he stands up. The bear stood up on his hind legs, and he was, he was big. He was huge. He was way bigger than, than a gummy bear, big, big bear. So I'm looking over at this bear, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're not supposed to run away from the bear. We've got to walk backwards, which is weird to me, you know? It's kind of like you're teasing the bear. Like, come and get me. Come and get me. You're kind of walking backwards doing that thing. And then we catch up with some people, and they start talking about bear spray, which I'd never heard of bear spray. Bear spray sounds like hairspray to me. I, I don't know anything about it. Like, what's the bear going to look good while he's eating me? Like, what, what's that all about? But my kids like to walk through the neighborhood, and we enjoy going on bear hunts. And, and my hope is, is that we really don't see them, or if we do see them, we see them really far away. But my presence with them helps that. Now, I don't really know why it helps, because I've seen bear go after each other, and there ain't nothing I can do about a bear, okay? I mean, I don't know what my kids are hoping I'm going to do, but uh, it might buy them some time, but that's about all I can offer. At any rate, we go for these bear hunts, and we look and we see, and usually we don't see any. It was inspired by, that habit of ours was inspired by a book that was written years ago, Going on a Bear Hunt. I'm sure some of you have read it. You've read it to your kids. 
We've read it hundreds of times in our home. But in the story, there's a family that goes through the tall grass, and they go through this squelchy, scratchy, muddy area, and they go through a river. They go through the dark woods. They go through a snowstorm. And then they finally find the bear, and then they run back to their house as fast as they can because the bear is chasing them. But there's a common refrain in the book. And the common refrain is, you can't go over it. You can't go under it. You got to go through it. Often with disappointment, we want to go over it. We want to go under it. But God is leading us through it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wanted to be spared the fiery furnace. But God spared them in the fiery furnace. They didn't want to be in the furnace. They didn't want to be in the fire. But somehow, someway, God made them fireproof while they were in the fire. We often want to be spared those situations and those circumstances, but it just doesn't work like that. But what we do have with us is God's presence that he has promised to sustain us with. Isaiah 46 says this, Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am he. I am he who will sustain you. Even though you may have no hair, a full head of hair, you may have dark hair, you may have gray hair, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, I will sustain you. He says, I'm going to offer you your presence through this. And if you can allow me to be with you the way that I want to be with you, the way that I can be with you, then you will get through it. And you'll get through it better than you could ever possibly imagine. I will sustain you. I have made you. So he knows you. He knows me intricately. And in that, he knows how to see us through, to sustain us through, to rescue us through. That disappointment that we experience. He says, I will carry you. I will sustain you. I will rescue you because the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. And an extra measure of his presence in our lives is something that we can all benefit from as we deal with the disappointment that is common to us all. And so Joseph is going through quite a bit of disappointment. At the beginning of chapter 40, verse 1, sometime later, the cupbearer, the baker of the king of Egypt, offended their master, the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officials, the chief cupbearer and the chief baker, and put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the same prison where Joseph was confined. And so the, the, these two officials were meant to taste the food, to taste the drink, to make sure there wasn't any kind of poison in those items so that the king wouldn't be assassinated. The Pharaoh wouldn't be assassinated. But apparently there was some type of something that happened. Probably some type of an assassination attempt. And they're in trouble for it. But you see here how God's providence is working through this. And he has placed these two officials with Joseph. And as they are together, and because Joseph has been so faithful for really over a decade at this point, even in the midst of the disappointment, not asking why me, why us, why this, why now? He's saying, what now? What hell am I going to do about this? And he's continually acknowledging and inviting God's presence into the midst of it. And he's faithful and we see it all starting to come together. He doesn't know it. He doesn't see it. But it is happening. 
Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. So the captain of the guard assigned them these two officials to Joseph, and he attended them. And after they had been in custody for some time, each of the two men, the cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt, who were being held in prison, had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. And when Joseph came to them the next morning, he saw that they were dejected. Man, can you believe that? He saw the sadness. He saw the emotion. And somehow, somewhere in the midst of it, he had a sensitivity to what was going on with them. Just to think about the worst possible situation you could be dealing with. You know, he's, a, he's again, he's a prisoner. He's been a slave. He had shackles around his feet, iron around his neck. Been completely betrayed and left abandoned by his family. It couldn't get any worse than this. You know what happens often with us whenever we start to deal with situations like that? What happens with me when I deal with situations like that is I start to focus on myself. And you get into that negative spiral thought loop that causes us to just think about ourselves. But not Joseph. One of the greatest ways that we can work through our disappointment is to have a sensitivity and a service to others. Can you imagine that one of the greatest ways that maybe you could work through your expectation being high, your reality being low, and dealing with the disappointment in between, is to actually care about others. When we're disappointed, we need to maintain that sensitivity and that service to others. There's a noted psychologist, Martin Seligman, professor at a prominent university. He wrote a book entitled Authentic Happiness. Like, how do you have authentic happiness whenever you're dealing with stuff? So he wrote this book, Authentic Happiness, and it's based on experiments and studies that he did with his students. And one of the particular studies that he did with classes of his is he performed an experiment. He said, this week... I want you to go out and do something that's completely selfish. Fulfill your greatest desire. You know, watch a movie, hang out with friends, eat a hot fudge sundae, whatever it is. Just go out and do that thing. And document how you feel. 
Document how it is that 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 experience was and how long that emotion lasts. So they come back, they give them those results. And then he says, now I want you to go out this week and I want you to do something that's very selfless. I want you to help maybe fulfill somebody else's desire. I want you to serve someone else. I want you to do something that's completely altruistic. I want you to do something that you can receive no benefit from. Document your feelings. Answer these few questions I give you just like we did with the other one. And come back and share your results with me. Just living in the moment of disappointment. Go help somebody else and tell me how you feel about it. This is what he says. As a conclusion, the results were life-changing. The afterglow of the pleasurable activity, hanging out with friends, watching a movie, eating a hot fudge sundae, whatever it was, paled in comparison with the effects of one act of love and compassion. He found that when people were less self-absorbed, less, less self-centered, they actually experience less disappointment. That the thing you selfishly desire, and I selfishly desire so much of in our life, which is generally our desires being met and us having a good feeling about things, is ironically satisfied when we pay less attention to satisfying those desires and those impulses within us. And Martin Seligman didn't create this. Martin Seligman simply made an observation that we see present in the life of Christ millennia ago. As Philippians 2 tells us, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. So you could want so much, so how do you get it? You could want so many to follow you, to listen to you, to believe in you, so you can be with them for all of eternity, so they can have your spirit within them. That's what Jesus wants. How does he get it? Not by force, but by service. Being made in the human likeness and being found in appearance as a man humbled himself to become obedient to death, even death on a cross. That Jesus, Jesus, getting what it is that he wants became nothing. So that way we, in believing in him, can actually get everything that we want, which is that full life in Christ if we are willing to die to ourselves to live for him. And Joseph walks into this room and he looks at them and he says, something's wrong with you. My life is awful. Everything is terrible. Nothing is going my way. I have nobody looking out for me anymore except for God. What's going on? You seem sad. It's unbelievable that he would even do this. Verse 8, they respond, we both had dreams, but there is no one to interpret them. And then Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me your dreams. I mean, if there was ever a moment for him to self-promote to these officials, to these people of influence, one of them's probably going to get out. He's probably got a sense of that, maybe. If there was ever an instance to lay out his resume to them, this was it. But instead, he self-deflects. He says, you know what? What you want is going to come from God. That's probably the message that I literally communicate every time I'm up on this stage. 
What you want is going to come from God. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. continuing on. They said both of us had dreams, and he said interpretations belong to God. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream. Verse 12, this is what it means, Joseph said to him. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your position, and you will put Pharaoh's cup in his hand, just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But when all goes well with you, remember me and show kindness. Okay. Mention me to Pharaoh. Get me out of this prison. I am forcibly, I've been forcibly carried off from my land of the Hebrews. And even here, I've done nothing to deserve being put in this dungeon. What's amazing about what he's saying right here is that I'm not supposed to be here. This is unfair. He's acknowledging that the situation is off. He's not over-spiritualizing it. He's not saying, well, I guess this is just where God wants me to be and this is the miserable position that he wants me to be in. He's saying, no, no, this is messed up. This is wrong. This isn't where I'm supposed to be. And he's willing to do something about it. I talk to so many people who just give up. I talk to so many people who just give in because they're disappointed. They're 30 and they've wasted their life. You know what I'm saying? That's not the case at all. We've got so much to live for and so much that can happen. But why me? Why us? Why this? I don't never get you there. And Joseph sees this opportunity and he's like, wait, there is a major injustice in my life and I really want something to be done about this. If you can remember me, please remember me. I'm not supposed to be here. I didn't do anything wrong. So then on the third day was Pharaoh's birthday and he gave a feast for all his officials. He lifted up heads of the chief cupbearer and the chief baker in the presence of his officials. He restored the chief cupbearer to his position so that once again put the cup into Pharaoh's hand just as they had said. But he impaled the chief baker, who apparently was the corporate of all the shenanigans that got the two of them in there, just as Joseph had said in the interpretation that I, that I skipped over just previous. However, 
But the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph. He forgot him. He didn't didn't even remember the guy. But the lesson I want you to see here is that when you are disappointed and when you are continually facing disappointment, you need to focus on what you need to do about it. What can you do about it? Sure, there's a day or two where we can kind of feel sorry for ourselves and there's a couple days where we need to sort through the whys and the, and the other questions that we have. But there inevitably comes that point at which you just need to say, what now? What can I possibly do about this situation? And that's why Joseph in that moment hadn't given up. And then when there was an opportunity, he said, hey, remember me. Help me in this place. Although it would take some time before something would ever come of that, as we'll find out in the coming weeks. There's a man named Charles Elliott. And when he was young, he had a significant birthmark on his face that once he went into the first grade with, the kids were just targeting him with jokes and criticisms about. It was to the point where he ran home one day to his mother crying. And he said, Mom, I can't go back. I can't go back to the school. The kids are too mean. I can't, I can't focus. I can't learn. And the kid was smart. And his mom looked at him and she said, Son, there isn't a lot that we can do to change your birthmark. Actually, there isn't anything we can do about your birthmark. And there's not a lot we can do about those kids. But I'm going to help see you through this situation because you're too smart. You're too intelligent to be here at home with me. You've got to keep moving forward. Years later, Dr. Charles Elliott would share that same story to the faculty and alumni of Harvard University as he would officially resign and retire from being the president of that university. He said that one conversation with his mom was worth more than all of the books, all of the degrees, and all of the classes that he sat in. Son, don't focus on what you can't change, which is all of our past. Focus on the future that you can influence. And specifically, I would tell you to focus on it in a way that the Lord would be with you. Job 15, 13 says these words that even though he slay me, I will trust in him. In other words, even though God is taking me through fire, I will trust in him. And the amazing thing about fire is no matter how hot it gets with metals, it's only helping to purify that metal even more. And the same is true with us, that God is purifying us and molding us to be more like his son, that no matter the circumstance of the situation, we can have joy. There's a ministry in our states called God Behind Bars. It's a ministry that ministers to people who are in prison, male and female. People who are in prison for years, decades, or even the rest of their life. Kind of like Joseph. Very difficult situation. Maybe even some of them would say, I'm not supposed to be here. We find that out from time to time. They weren't supposed to be there. But even in the midst of those difficult circumstances, even in the midst of that disappointment, it's amazing the joy that can be found when you really have Jesus in your heart and you have God in your life. And we're reminded of that every week when we come into a time of communion that we're getting ready to go into now. That even in the midst of death, I mean, there's a few things that are more disappointing than death, that even in the midst of 
of death, we are given hope in Jesus. And so those elements that you were given, and if you haven't been, just raise your hand. Our team will be happy to bring them to you. You have the cracker that represents his, his body that was torn and the juice that represents his blood that was shed. And in this, you can be reminded that there is hope in your disappointment. There's purpose in your disappointment. God's presence can be in your disappointment. And that through that, things can happen in you and through you that you can't even imagine. But you know what? We got to get off of ourselves and focus on him. And so we're going to pray now and we're going to take a few moments of reflection to do just that, to shift from self and to focus on Jesus and what it is that he's done for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for this group. Thank you for these people that are here. We are so grateful, Father, that you offered your son for us and we can have hope in him. We can have a full life in him. And so may that be true of us as we go forth from this place. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.